This is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, Coffee with Carrie, then make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe, and take a sip of coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. And then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement too. You can also find me at Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think, no, I know, you're going to be encouraged. Hi, y'all, and welcome back to part two of Homeschooling Basics, the four R's. Now, last week, we talked about the fourth R, relationships, and how it's as basic and foundational as the other three R's. If you haven't listened to last week's podcast about how homeschooling allows us to build and restore relationships with God, with our children, with our husbands, and with our families, then make sure you listen when you're finished with this week's Coffee with Carrie podcast. I promise you're going to be encouraged. You know, many moms, new and seasoned, often get caught up in self-doubt and concerns that their kids are not doing enough or not learning enough. Trust me, I've been there, done that. But mamas, you are doing enough. And where you lack in patience, persistence, and wisdom, God steps in and fills in the gaps. You may not see it right away, but they are learning and God is faithful to work through even your weaknesses. Now, even if you feel you are totally inadequate at this homeschooling calling, you are giving your child a gift by showing up each day and by doing what you can and by doing what God has called you to do. And yes, home education, whether you feel it or see it, offers your child so much more than traditional school down the street. Yes, educating our children at home offers a unique opportunity to teach our kids skills they wouldn't be taught in traditional schools. It allows us time to learn about topics and subjects that would never be taught in traditional schools, and it allows us to move at a faster rate or a slower rate when needed. And it gives us lots and lots of opportunities for do-overs. Because the homeschool classroom extends outside the home and outside the four walls of our house, our kids are exposed to all kinds of beautiful things. Things they wouldn't have the opportunity to read or to do or to see if they were in a traditional classroom. But sometimes we get so caught up with adding all these great classes and curriculum and outings and subjects to our homeschooling that we forget that all we really need to truly focus on are the three basics, the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Homeschooling allows us the gift of time to teach and build those basic skills. Once our kids have learned how to read, they can research, learn new skills on their own, and think critically. Once our kids learn how to write, they can communicate effectively, share their thoughts, spread the gospel, 
and function in this word-heavy, social media-driven, tech-savvy world. And of course, once they learn how to calculate basic math, they can balance checkbooks, manage a home and business, pay bills, and save money. So yes, the three basic R's are very important, which is why I'm encouraging you to focus most of your time and energy and finances on these three areas before you go and overschedule your life and overschedule your days with all the extra stuff. Now, in the early years, we really only need to focus on these three basic things, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Our kids can learn history while reading about it. They can learn science by researching and writing about it. And they can learn about art and music through the patterns and order they find in nature, in artwork, and in musical compositions. The three R's really are the key to everything. Our kiddos don't have to master calculus to run their own business. They don't have to master chemistry or physics to get accepted into college. And they don't have to write a thousand-word essay to apply for a job. In the early years, or the wonder years, I like to call them, we really can just slow it down and focus on the basics. Now, if you're new to homeschooling, and even if you have older kids, I highly suggest you spend your first year just focusing on the basics. Everything else will find its way in as you read great books, attend fascinating exhibits, participate in engaging field trips, talk with different experts, watch amazing documentaries, play interactive games, and engage in stimulating conversations. I guess that's why I'm such a huge fan of the curriculum Five in a Row. Now, if you're not familiar with Five in a Row, you don't have to use the curriculum, but you can adopt the underlying framework or the main idea of the method. You see, in Five in a Row, you read a picture book five days a week. Each time you read the book, you get to dig a little deeper into the story and into the characters, the language, the vocabulary, the patterns, and of course, the beautiful illustrations in the book. The beauty of the language laid out in the picture book really comes alive when you read it more than once. But you know this already as a mom, because sometimes we're asked to read the same book so many times we have it memorized and our child has it memorized. The repetition is key. But what Five in a Row does a bit differently is as you read the picture book each day, you focus on one topic or one subject that you're going to study that day. So instead of trying to do all the subjects in one day, with a five in a row mindset, you focus on one topic or one subject a day. Even if you don't use the five in a row curriculum, try using this approach or this framework to help you simplify your school day, to focus on the basics, and to make connections. So like for instance, let's say you're reading the picture book, The Story of Ping. On Monday, after you read the book and you talk about Ping, you know, the duck who's the main character, and all the fun words that are used in the story, you might spend Monday just learning about China and the Yangtze River. You might pull out a map of China to find out where the story took place and then read about other Chinese customs and traditions. So on Monday, after you do a little bit of the basics, you know, a little bit of arithmetic, a little bit of writing, and you read the story of Ping, you focus the rest of your day's lessons just on geography or just on China. Then on Tuesday, after reading the picture book, The Story of Ping, again to your kiddos, you might spend the day learning about ducks, since, you know, Ping is a duck. 
You might read a few books on ducks or read about ducks in your animal encyclopedia or look up ducks on the internet. If you have time, you might go to the park and feed some ducks or watch other birds fly, eat, and perch. You might add ducks to your nature journal and write a few facts about them under your drawing. For fun, hey, you could play duck, duck, goose outside and then do a few experiments to see how duck feathers are waterproof. So on Tuesday, after you do a little reading, a little bit of writing, a little bit of arithmetic, you focus the rest of your day's lessons on science topics about ducks. I think you get the picture, but let's let's finish the week to really show you how you can use this five-in-a-row idea to structure your week and focus on the basics while learning a ton of other great stuff in the process. Okay, so on Wednesday, after you read the picture book, The Story of Ping, and you do a little bit of writing and a little bit of math, you can focus on maybe cooking and measurement and make a Chinese entree for lunch or an organic homemade bird feeder for your yard. Then on Thursday, after reading the story of Ping again and doing a little bit of reading, writing, and arithmetic, you can focus on art and paint, draw, or watercolor pictures of ducks and birds, or learn about a famous Asian artist, or do some Chinese calligraphy, or do some bamboo paintings. So on Thursday, you're focusing on the subject of art. Then on Friday, after reading the story of Ping one last time and doing a little bit of the three R's, you can then focus on maybe music for the day and maybe listen to Asian music because you know it has different tones and they use different instruments. Or you can watch a traditional Asian dance on YouTube or listen to different bird calls on the internet. Whether you use five in a row curriculum or you use the framework of five in a row that focus on one subject a day instead of trying to teach everything every day, you really only need to focus on the three R's during the wonder years. Write a little, do a little math, and read a lot each day. Everything else will come up during your reading and your other activities. Okay, so while we're talking about reading, let's talk about the importance of not pushing. When your children are younger, there's no need to push the act or the skill of reading. Most kids will pick it up with some help by the third grade. Some kids will teach themselves or with little help from you. And some kids, especially boys, may pick it up much, much later. And that's okay. Remember, the beauty of homeschooling is doing things at the child's pace. If he or she's not ready, then don't push. When you have time, make sure you read the book by Dr. Raymond Moore, Better Late Than Early. It will ease your mind about reading and give you a new perspective. And when you do begin some formal reading instruction, try a program that's phonetically based. Now, the program All About Reading and All About Spelling are great. They're a bit expensive, but they're good. It's a great program to use with any child, but if you suspect that your child may have some reading challenges, then definitely use a program like this. And I love Phonics Pathways. It's, it's a great, gentle approach to learning to read, and it's super easy to use and super inexpensive. But remember, don't push. There's no reason your child has to read by the end of kindergarten. Okay, so what about writing? Well, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that our family never used a formal writing program or a formal math program until my kids were in middle school. You can, of course, use a more formal approach, but I just wanted to let you know that you don't have to, especially during the wonder years. Now, during the wonder years, Learning to write should focus on natural, 
everyday kinds of writing. Let's, let's step back and look at the writing big picture first, okay? Why do we teach writing in the first place? Well, let's look at the kinds of writing skills that productive adults need in today's society. Well, they need to write a simple letter, a thank you note, and an email. They need to write directions and be able to create lists. They probably need to take notes in a class or in a workshop. They need to write a resume and fill in a job application. Maybe they even need to write a letter to an editor or a letter of recommendation or a review of some kind. Maybe they will need to write a social media post, especially if their business or livelihood depends on it. But basically, we need to be able to organize our thoughts and put them into words that are clear, concise, and easy to understand. We need to communicate what we're thinking verbally and in writing. Now notice that writing a five-paragraph essay was not on the list. (laughs) In most everyday writing and in most jobs, writing a five-paragraph essay is not a day-to-day skill most employees or employers need. Now, if your child goes into a profession that requires this kind of writing, then you will have plenty of time to prepare him for college during the high school years where he or she will have plenty of opportunities to hone those essay writing skills. But if we honestly look at the kinds of writing skills that average adults need and use, writing a five-paragraph essay is not on the list of a day-to-day skill needed. The main reason I see parents stressing over teaching their kids how to write is because they're comparing themselves to other moms. They're comparing their kids to other kids, and they're comparing their children's skills to the so-called experts' standards. Now, instead of pushing your child to master the five-point essay at a very young age, focus more on the kinds of writing that they'll actually use on a daily basis. Yes, writing is an important basic skill, so include some kind of writing every day. But it doesn't have to be a formal lesson or worksheet, especially during the wonder years. What do they really need to master? Well, one, they they need to master how to write a well-written sentence that has proper punctuation, spelling, capitalization, and spacing. Before high school, make sure your student can write a clear and cohesive paragraph. Make sure they can stay on topic, give some important points, and can communicate an idea without going off the reservation. When learning to read, students need to know the basics of letters and sounds before they can blend and read whole words and sentences, right? And in math, they need to know how to count and do basic computation before they jump into higher math and algebra. Y'all, the same is true for writing. Before they can write a persuasive essay and a formal research report, they need to master the basics first. They need to write well-written sentences and then learn how to string those sentences in a logical way to create powerful paragraphs. They really don't need to master the five-point essay before high school. Now, during the wonder years, try journal writing. Every day, give your child a writing prompt or ask them to tell you a story about dot dot dot. I love the simple little booklet by Jan McGrath called Tell Me a Story. And it's full of writing prompts for every day of the year. I put a link of it in the show notes for you. Each day, give your child something real and authentic to write about. Maybe it's a thank you card for a gift they received or a get well card for a sick neighbor 
or a homemade birthday card for a friend. Maybe they could write the to-do list for the week or a grocery list for an upcoming party or a letter to a pen pal or to a favorite sports player or maybe even an email to a teacher with questions. Make up stories or create a backstory for a favorite character or a sequel to a favorite book or an outline for a new movie or a description of a new Marvel comic superhero. It really doesn't have to be fancy. Copy and memorize Bible verses or famous quotes or inspirational sayings or quality poetry if you want. Every day, just give your child an opportunity to write about something or to write something useful. Now, I did a few podcasts on how to teach writing, so check out Coffee with Carrie episodes number 20, number 62, and number 63. One of those podcasts is called Writing Lessons, Yes, You Can. The other two are called The Creative Writing Toolbox, part one and part two. Now, make sure you listen to those for more ideas on how to teach writing in a fun and meaningful way, and don't forget to check out Jan McGrath's little booklet, Tell Me a Story. Now, if you want or need more formal writing program, The Good and the Beautiful has a wonderful language arts program that integrates art and geography and poetry and even memorization. It even has a script for the mom if you want or need that too. Now, we used Institute for Excellence in Writing, or IW. It worked well for our family and for our learning styles. I also love The Paragraph Book, Volume 1, 2, 3, and 4 by Tucker. It's less involved than the good and the beautiful and IW, and it utilizes shorter lessons, yet it shows the students step-by-step how to write different kinds of paragraphs. Okay, so let's tackle the last R, arithmetic. Notice it has always been arithmetic, not mathematics, not algebra, not geometry, but arithmetic. Now, according to Webster's Dictionary, arithmetic is the branch of mathematics that deals with the study of numbers using various operations on them. And these basic operations are addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. So you see, when focusing on the basics and the three R's, you only need to learn and master counting and basic computation. Save the higher order mathematics for high school, and even then, focus on what your teen will actually need, and we'll get to that in a minute. So in the wonder years, spend the majority of your time learning to count, learning to do mental math, learning to apply math in real life, learning to count and work with money, and learning to do basic addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Try to keep it as fun and as natural as you can. If you have a phobia to math, or you're allergic to long division yourself, try not to pass that on to your child. (laughs) Now, I did a podcast on how to make math more fun and meaningful, so make sure you listen to episode number 19. It's called Morning Math Time, Tame Those Math Tears and Fears. In that episode, I share tons of things you can do to introduce and teach math in a fun and meaningful way. Now, once your kiddos are in middle school, you're still focusing on arithmetic but you're making sure that they can do basic computation with fractions, decimals, and percents now. Save all the positive and negative numbers and equations for high school, y'all. Master the basic skills in K through 8th grade. If your kids feel comfortable with these basic math skills, then they will feel more confident and competent when doing math at the high school level. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the older students. 
Even when your kids are older and your teens are in high school, your main focus should still be on the three R's, but now it's literature, writing, and mathematics. Now at this stage, their lessons and schoolwork will be longer and more challenging, but they will still spend most of their time on these three things, literature, writing, and mathematics. Reading and analyzing good literature, communicating ideas and writing, and solving problems and thinking critically are the gateways to everything else your teen will want to learn and everything else they need to learn. Now, in middle and high school years, they will be applying these skills. They might be spending more time reading about history or writing about an author or writing about an artist or composer or doing math calculations in chemistry or in their science class. You will do well to focus your time and energy on the basics all the way through high school. I promise everything else will be icing on the cake. Everything else will come up while they're doing their extracurricular stuff. Everything else will show up in dinner conversations and group discussions. Do you teach history and geography and art and science? Sure, it's fun. But what I'm encouraging you to do is not stress over teaching those things. Don't worry about spending hours and hours on ancient history or the phases of the moon or the major parts of the orchestra Unless, of course, you want to, or your child is really into it. Try to raise a lifelong learner who can find answers and information on his own. Teach your child communication skills and social etiquette. Make sure God is at the center of all you do and is the ultimate reason you are doing whatever it is you decide to do. Focus on the four R's. Reading, writing, arithmetic, and relationships. In the grand scheme of things, it's really all that matters. Thank you for joining us for this rather long coffee break. If you didn't listen to last week's episode on the fourth R, relationships, make sure you check it out sometime this week too. I think it will help you plan and put things into perspective. And if this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. And don't forget to check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. Now, if you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week, or share it with a friend who needs a little help focusing more on the basics. If you haven't subscribed to Coffee with Carrie podcast, make sure you do that today. We drop a new podcast every Thursday. Thank you in advance for listening to Coffee with Carrie each week, for your reviews on iTunes, and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschooling mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our book, Just Breathe, will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.